All right. This morning, we have a special treat for you. Someone who is speaking this morning, who is an ordained minister of the Assemblies of God in her own right. My wife, Becky Fithin, will be preaching this morning. And so let's give her a big hand. Come on up, Becky. Good morning. This stuff is really heavy. <laughs> Adam let me use his nice leather folder, but it weighs like 100 pounds so that my notes look a little more professional. <laughs> so good morning, Friendship Church. I'm so thankful to be here with you guys today. I want to say thank you to my friends who have come out. They found out I was speaking and come out to support me. Love you guys. And I want to let the church know that I will not be speaking every week. <laughs> that I will be speaking this week because I felt the Lord tell me it was time. But it will not be happening every week. So do not worry. In two weeks, she will be back to her regularly scheduled programming with Pastor Adam. <laughs> but right now, it is just me. Um, and it's a good thing because I think I almost chickened out two or three times already before this Sunday. So I am here. I am standing up here. It's going forwards. We are moving forwards. So while I was praying about what to speak about, the Lord impressed into my heart Matthew 25. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. So here I am being faithful, right? Let me pray. Lord, I pray that you speak through me. Let what you want said be spoken. Holy Spirit, I pray that you prepare hearts. I pray that you let seeds fall where they are supposed to. I pray for clearness of thought and steadiness of speech. Amen. All right, so now we're going to go over my checklist that I've made myself. We have Bible, check. Notes, check. Turtleneck for hives, check. On. All right, water, check. Let's go ahead and take the cap off. <laughs> that way it's easily accessible. All right, so yes, check, 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 and check. All right, we've got it. <laughs> um, so I'm ready to go. Oftentimes I wonder what impact I'm actually making on this world. Am I doing all that God has asked me to do? I often do not feel that the things that I do at times are so big or important, but these are not thoughts from God. God is asking me to be faithful over little, to show faithfulness in the tasks that he sets in front of me, no matter the size. To love on people he puts in my path each day. Faithfulness is the seed for future appointments. I want to live my life as a willing vessel, willing to do whatever God asks of me. This faithfulness reminds me of a passage that I recently read in a book called God's Smuggler. God's Smuggler is a book about Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew was a Dutchman who was a missionary into communism, and it's his journey of faithfulness. I've just recently read this book, like a couple of weeks ago, even though we ourselves lived in the Netherlands where most of the book took place for years, and I've just stumbled across it somehow. And 
it, this ex excerpt was taken from early in Brother Andrew's ministry. So it, it was after he had gone out of the war, and then he was saved, and then he was called into to be a missionary without, without him wanting to be. He unknowingly was called to be a missionary. <laughs> and it was before he went to missionary training school in Scotland. Um, it was a missionary training school that he knew God wanted him to attend, but the day he left, he got a letter, and it said, Dear Andrew, we no longer have room for you at this school, so don't come. But Andrew knew in his heart that he was supposed to be there, so what did he do? He got on that train, and he went to their main offices in England, and he went there, and he said, Hi, my name is Andrew. And his, he was a, a Dutch speaker. His English wasn't so great at that time, but he got it through. God wants me here. And so they let him stay and work at the office there in England before he went to the missionary training school. And while he was there, he stayed with a guy that worked there named Uncle Hoppy. And Uncle Hoppy, he worked at the training school, but he also ran a mission. And this is an incident that Brother Andrew observed with Uncle Hoppy. Uncle Hoppy had a storefront mission. Its doors were always open, and occasionally a stray derelict, what a wonderful word, right? derelict, I don't know, <laughs> would wander in for some warmth. But when it came time for services, I remember one day hearing him preach an entire sermon to empty chairs. When the sermon ended, I objected. When I preach someday, I want to see real people. This is what Andrew said. He wasn't going to preach to em empty chairs. Uncle Hoppy only laughed. Just you wait, he said. Before we get home, we will meet the man who was supposed to be here. When we do this, his heart will be prepared. Sure enough, we were walking home. when we were walking home, we were approached by a street person, and Uncle Hoppy plunged into the conclusion of his sermon. That night, I slept in the living room again, and by morning, the street person was a new Christian. Uncle Hoppy knew about faithfulness. He did what God asked him, no matter the situation and no matter who was listening. Faithfulness is not a results-based business. Faithfulness is about trusting in the promises of God. Uncle Hoppy sowed into Andrew seeds of faith when it appeared nobody else was listening. And he reaped the salvation of the man who was supposed to be there. Our main text today is from John 4. So it's going to be up on the screen for you. Oh, it's already there. Look at that. <laughs> A few weeks ago, Pastor Adam preached, and he spoke about the salvation of the Samaritan woman at the well. The one who had five husbands and was living with a man who wasn't even her husband the one who was given living water and changed in an instant. The one who couldn't even go to the well with the other women and in a matter of days told nearly all of Samaria about the saving power of Jesus Christ. We find ourselves with Jesus after he spoke to her here in John 4.31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. All right, I'm going to take an aside here, just so we all know. Earlier in the chapter, he had water to drink that people didn't know about as well. 
<laughs> Jesus lives in a way that his disciples did not yet understand. A world that does not just focus on the physical, but takes care of the soul. A world that, that we may learn here that the main business of life is not to avoid fatigue. Or to see the supply of our temporal wants, but to do the will of God. All right, we're going back to the story now. <laughs> so the disciples said to one another, has someone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Jesus challenges his followers that the harvest is plentiful and the harvest is ready. There are many souls out there today that are spiritually lost. There are those who do not know and do not follow God. These people possess something. They possess a priceless eternal soul. And with that soul, they will spend eternity in either heaven or in hell. And we must reach them while there's still time. We must reach them with the love and message of Christ, with the food the disciples did not know of. Many of the souls out there are ready to receive Christ, but they can only be saved if someone presents them with the good news of forgiveness and new life in Jesus. Just like the Samaritan woman was made new in an instant, Jesus goes on to say, Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows another reaps. Just like the Samaritan woman was made whole in an instant, it's here. The gathering of the fruit for eternal life is an important task, and we are all part of this process. Any success we see is due to the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ and the spiritual seed planting of others. Whether sowing or reaping, growing the kingdom of God is our mission. As Christians, we must all play a part. Whether sowing or reaping, both are instrumental to this process. Jesus says to his disciples, I send you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered their labor. This reminds me of a story when we were going through missionary training camp before, <laughs> before we went out to the Netherlands and we were told that every success we have in country is from is from the, the work of the missionaries that came before us. And everything we do that we see no fruit from sows into the future. And I want to tell you the same is true here for Friendship Church. That every success, all the fruit we see came from soul, came from prayers and tears of the people and the generations before us in this church that have sowed into it. It's, it's true, everything, everything we, every fruit we see, every soul that is saved has come from the people who have come before us. But I also want to say it's our job to invest in the generations that come behind us. Souls are ready. Creation is crying out for reconciliation to the creator, and we need to be faithful to show up for our appointments. 
the people that God puts across our path. I feel like we've gone into reaping quite a bit here in John 4, but I think we need to go over sowing as well, because it talks about sowing, but we're going to go a little deeper into it. So what are you sowing into? If we plant spiritual seeds through faithfulness, we are setting up appointment for others. So what does this sowing of seed look like? And for this, we're going to go to Matthew 13. And it's the parable of the sower. A sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. Jesus uses a farmer or sower in this illustration so that everyone listening could understand. This is an occupation that was common. There was probably a farmer listening to Jesus as he told this parable. It's it's very visual to this farmer out with his tossing of seed. You can just see it wherever it may land. And this reminds me of something that we do at our house. So it doesn't matter where we live. There's always spots in our grass that do not have grass. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how nice all of the grass is. There's always that one place that just doesn't have grass. And so I went to... Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever and bought some seed. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to spread this grass seed. But, you know, the person at Home Depot is like, oh, no, you need one of those little cranky things. And I'm like, are you sure? Because it's right there. I could just put the seed in the hole. They're like, no, you have to have one of those. And so, you know, I get one. And what you do is you fill this little machine up with seed up to the line of the prescribed amount for the whole size of diameter. I'm not really sure. And so I fill the seed up, and then there's, like, levels of, like, spray or something. It doesn't matter what level you're on. I'm just going to tell you that now. It doesn't matter. So you start cranking that machine, and seed just flies everywhere. Like, it flies on the sidewalk, it flies in the flower bed, it hits the dog in the eye, like, it flies everywhere. But guess what? It also flies in that barren spot. And when it flies in that spot, it gets the, do- it gets the job done. The grass grows. The seed may be flying all over the place, but the grass will grow. And so, back to the path. A sower went out to sow, and he sowed, and some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came along and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. Since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Jesus actually goes on to explain this parable, which he doesn't do to all of them. And he explains the secrets that lie inside of this one. He explains that the different landing places are different conditions of the heart. He explains the path as those who hear but do not understand The rocky soil, as those who hear it 
and understand, but do not let it take root. And the thorns, as those who hear but love the world too much to let it take root. And then the good soil, as the one who hears, understands it and bears good fruit. But even in his explanation, seed was planted in places it would not take. It is not our job to test the soil before we sow our seeds. I'm going to pause and say that again. It is not our job to test the soil before we sow our seeds. He has asked us to go into all the world and share the gospel. In Mark 4.14, there's a retelling of this same story found in Matthew 13. Jesus says, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. This is pretty spelled out, right? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The food is right there. He asks us to believe in the food he already had in John 4.31, to do the will of the one who sent him and to accomplish his work. We do not need to get down and litmus test the ground to make sure that the soil's all right. We don't need to do that. We don't need to pull out our strips, see if it's right. We do not need to judge and be afraid of the people he puts along our paths, the people he urges us to talk to about them. He has prepared the soil, and he has prepared the soul. It is not for us to ask how many seeds it will take before the ground of someone's heart is ready. Oftentimes, it feels like we're pouring and pouring and putting more and more seeds, but it's not, it's not for us to decide how many seeds that a person is worth. We must have faith in the one who made us and the one who sent us because the fields are white for harvest. Faithfulness is the seed for future appointments. And when we are faithful, we set up these appointments for success. As we see in Matthew 13, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30, but all in increase. We set up these appointments for reaping. When we look back at John 4, we see the saying holds true. One sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered their labor. Once again, we are asked to be faithful. God has prepared the path before you, just like he prepared the heart of the street person for Uncle Hoppy. Be faithful to reap. The fields are ripe for harvest. You may be asking yourself this question now. Am I a sower or am I a reaper? Well, he wants some of us to be sowers. He wants some of us to be reapers. But he wants all of us to be sowers and reapers. Yes, I said that. <laughs> so he wants some of us to be sowers, some of us to be reapers, but he wants all of us to be sowers and reapers. I, that's really simple, right? It seems like an easy concept. He wants you to be all, both and. <laughs> so I'm just, we may have seasons of sowing, and we may have seasons of reaping, but in Galatians 6, we see that in God's economy, that we are sowers and reapers. 
Paul reflects here on sowing and reaping and joins them together. And again, we're going to see the pattern of the sower and the reaper rejoicing together here too. Galatians 6, 6 through 9. I have little tabs, so mine's a little easier than you guys. <laughs> Let the one who has taught the word share in all good things with the one who teaches it. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. This sounds like the food they didn't know about, doesn't it? Now here's the promise. Now I want you to listen because this is, this is the promise here. And do not let us grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I'm going to read it again. And do not let us grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. You may not see the reaping of all that you have sown into, but the promise is it will happen. That loved one you have prayed for, that opportunity you needed, that healing you sought, God will work it out for your good. When we lift ourselves above the field and do not just look at the barren ground where we have just planted our seed, we see what God sees. The seed we might have planted may not be ready yet, but when you plant, you will reap. There might be a plant right next to you that you can't see because you're so focused on your plant that's ready. Do not pass it by. Look around. We see in Galatians 6 that it is not that I am a sower or a reaper because we are both. The question is, are you being faithful to what God is asking from you? Are you being faithful to sow into the people that God has entrusted you with? Are you praying without ceasing, even if there's no reward? Are you sharing Jesus without testing the soil first? Are you trusting he has prepared their hearts? Do you have enough courage to speak to an empty room? Pastor Victor, you can come up. Be faithful in the small things. We've gone over sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, soil. But there are three people out there, I think. We have our sowers, we have our reapers, we have our soil. And in different seasons, I've been all of these things. I've been a sower, I've been a reaper, I've been soil. And I want you to know that there are those of you out there in a season of sowing. Do not give up. In due season, you will reap. If you do not give up, do not get discouraged if it seems like your prayers are not being answered. 
Remember, faithfulness is not a results-based business. We are to be faithful over what he has given us. And if we are faithful over little, he puts us over much. In Psalms 126, 5 through 6, there is another promise. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. So those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Joy is coming. It is. Be faithful to sow with what God has given you in the little things. If you sow kindness, you will reap kindness. If you sow generosity, you will reap it. If you sow love, you will reap love. However, if you sow bitterness, if you sow anger, if you sow impatience, I think you all see where I'm going there. You'll reap it. I, Lord, help us to be faithful to spread your word. Help us endure. Your joy is our strength. There are those of you out there that need a little help with the reaping. As Christians, we are commanded to go and to tell. And if we really are followers of Christ, we must do as he said. But good news, there's good news. <laughs> he has prepared their hearts. There are people that have come before you and planted seeds. Christ gave the ultimate sacrifice already to prepare all souls to unite with him in love and forgiveness. But as in Romans 10, 14 through 15, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Be faithful in the opportunities that the Lord has given each of you. So I have said before, faithfulness is the seed for future appointments. Are you showing up for your appointments? Are you putting yourself out there to do so? If there is no one in your life for you to share the love of Jesus with, I'm going to challenge you to examine your life. Get out there. Love people. Let people come along your path. Lord, I pray for boldness to share your word. I pray that the Holy Spirit come into our lives and guide and empower us to do your will. I pray for opportunities for each person in this room, Lord, for prepared hearts to come along their path that they may, they may lead them into you, Lord. And now we're to the third category of people. There are those of us out there that are soil. There are some of you who have come in here today that seeds have been planted in your heart long before you came this morning. There is a longing in your heart for identity which can only be found in Christ. There is a cry for joy and the joy of the Lord in your life. I want you to know that it is here for you. 
No more sowing or tilling needed. The soil is now ready. Come just as you are. Do not hold back. The Lord is asking you to be faithful in the small thing of stepping out to trust him. You do not have to prepare the soil. It's been done for you. You just have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And if that is you, I'm going to ask you in a little bit to see Pastor Adam. (sighs) These altars are open. If you need time to sow in prayer or to rejoice in reaping, come and spend time with the Lord in prayer. So again, I'm going to ask you, if you need to put your faith in Jesus, if you haven't put it all out there, you can't be faithful in the small things, you can't be faithful in the big things, I need you to, I'm going to ask Pastor Adam to come up so that he can, you can pray with him. Everyone else, whether you're sowing or you're reaping, if you need to, find a place to pray. Find a place up here or at your seat or where you are and talk to the Lord. If you're sowing, give it to him. Don't hold back. Don't become discouraged. It's coming. Joy is coming. And if you're reaping or if you need help reaping, come up. Ask the Lord for boldness. If you don't have his Holy Spirit in you, ask him to fill fill you with it so you can go out and tell the world about him. And so I'll be praying here too. So just... pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for the word this morning. Thank you for those who have come before us and blessed us and and poured into our lives to where we were able to grow to where we're at here today. God, thank you for those who've come before us. Thank you for those before us at Friendship Church. Built this church up to a place that reaches out to their community, that loves others. God, help us to realize those who have sown into what it is now, the where, where we are reaping today. Lord, I pray for the next generations, the years that come after us, Lord, that we would sow into them as well. God, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the chances that we have to sow into other people's life, to reap what you have for us, to look for those who are the soil, as she said. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that, that you, have, you have it planned out. That you're the one that, that gets that soil ready. God, I thank you so much for that, Lord. We try too hard to, to fix the soil, but we're, just, we're supposed to throw that seed out there, Lord. You're the one that provides the increase. You're the one that makes it grow, Lord. So, Lord, help us to rely on you and to lean on you. Pray that you would continue to direct us and guide us where you have us to go, Lord. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning.